you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, and I'll begin reading in verse 29. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord. Thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. I've mentioned before that I believe that our eyesight is something that is very important. And sometimes when we get older, and sometimes we don't have to get older, our eyesight starts to fail in some ways. There are times that people lose their vision and unable to see. Because vision is something that is very important. Not only do we see the object, but there is a translation that takes place that when we see that object, something happens in our mind that tells us whether what we're seeing is good, is bad, is safe, It's dangerous. We should run or we should stay around. Our vision is something that is very important. Well, I've always said no one is as blind as a person who refuses to see. And I think that there are times in our lives where we fail to see the things that are important in our lives. And I know that many times, and I've heard it many times at funerals, where people did not appreciate all that the loved one that is deceased has done until after that individual is gone. And then all of a sudden they realize all the important things that they did to help them in life, to help them to be encouraged, uplifted, and yes, sometimes things didn't always go the way that they would have liked. But tonight I want us to realize we should not wait until the last minute to where it's too late. And I want to talk about someone who waited too late. You see, I mentioned this morning that we can learn valuable lessons from those who lived before us. We can learn valuable lessons from the stories that Jesus told us. And one of those events, whether it's a parable or not, matters not to me. I do not believe that it's a parable but it's the rich man and Lazarus. And it's found in Luke, the 16th chapter. And I would like to read that because I want us to see what the rich man noticed after it was too late. In Luke, the 16th chapter, beginning in verse 19, it says, And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. 
And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thou good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all of this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us <clears throat> that would come from thence. <clears throat> then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. <clears throat> and he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Here the rich man opened his eyes after his life had come to an end. And all he saw was the fire and the brimstone. And he saw eternity. And he saw the regrets that he had in his life and the opportunities that to do something that he should have done. Now he could see those things and he had his regrets. As I said, it's more important for us to learn our lessons from individuals like this than to experience it ourselves. We don't want to wait until we're lost in a devil's hell to learn the valuable lessons that we should have and learn in this life so that we can avoid that place and help others to avoid that place. And one of the things that the rich man saw when he opened his eyes, he saw that nothing was as important as his soul. How many of us realize how valuable our soul is? He realized that those fine robes that he wore and that fine linen that he had, it didn't matter in hell. It didn't matter in torment. It didn't matter where he was at. None of that was important. The size of his castle, his house, wherever he lived, however big it was that he could impress people at that time that he lived, it didn't matter. You don't hear him mention that house. You don't hear him mention his clothing. The banquets of fine food. Oh, he may have been able to eat at the best restaurants in town. I don't know. And maybe he ate the best foods that was available at the time. Maybe he dined on caviar and lobster. I don't know. But none of that mattered. He now saw the value of his soul, his fine jewelry. He may have had the best gold in the world, but it mattered not. Brother, how many of us realize how valuable our soul is? When he opened his eyes, he realized that he brought nothing into this world and there was certain that it was certain that he would take nothing out of it. As Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 7, 
He realized what Jesus had taught in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26 when He said, For what shall a man profit if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, I could be a millionaire. I could have everything in this world. But if I'm lost, what's it matter? What's all of that matter if I'm lost for eternity? In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, the writer says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's what's important in this life. It's important that we have Christ in our life. That we have God as our Father. Those are the things that are important in this life. So that when we realize the importance of that and the importance of our soul, it will help us to avoid the place where the rich man was at. When he lifted up his eyes, he saw the importance of mercy. He didn't argue about any injustice about being in that place of torment. You don't hear him arguing that it's unfair. I, I, did, I, I didn't have an opportunity. He knew that what where he was, it was because of his own life. The life that he lived. The things that he failed to do. The things that he looked at and said they're not important. Having all of his gold and all of these mansions and these fine clothes, that's what's important. That was his problem. He didn't ask the question, why is Lazarus over there? Why is Lazarus in Abraham's bosom? And I'm over here tormenting. He knew. Brother, for those that think that they're going to argue with God on that day, look at this picture that we see. You don't see an argument, do you? You know why? Because God is a just God. And you'll reap what you sow. You live for the world, you're going to go where the world goes. To that lost place. When the rich man opened his eyes, he saw what Jesus was teaching in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7 when he said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. He understood the story that we talked about last Sunday with the unmerciful servant who had obtained all this mercy from his master, his king. And then he went out to do a fellow servant and demanded that small amount of money that was owed him. He understood that. And brethren, we're all going to understand that someday. And hopefully we understand it while we're still living as opposed to waiting to where, where the rich man was and then realizing that we weren't forgiving like we were supposed to be. He realized the story of the Good Samaritan about helping others. In Luke, the 10th chapter, Jesus was asked a question Who is my neighbor? And I was asked by a man who was trying to justify himself. And in verse 30, Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down to Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves and was stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, 
when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took up two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy unto him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. I remember this morning as we were talking about those things that we need to discard in our lives, those things that we need to get rid of, eliminate. And we talked about the gospel as the gospel of love and peace and truth and sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. All of those things are important. Do you see that here with this Samaritan? This Samaritan was willing to sacrifice his time, to sacrifice his resources, to do what needed to be done where the two others, the priest and the Levi, they were just on the other on their way by and they just didn't stop. Brother, how many times have we seen people that we could help? That we could do something to encourage them, to uplift them. But we're like that priest and a Levi, we pass by. Are we merciful? Jesus knew who was merciful, and so did that man who was trying to justify himself. And that's why the rich man realized that where he was at was the place that he deserved. The rich man opened his eyes. He saw the importance of the truth. Listening to the truth would have kept him from that place. You see, his brothers could hear God through Moses and the prophets. He could have listened, but he chose not to. They were available then, but yet he chose something else. Oh, there's many people in the world today that would rather hear something else than the truth of God's Word. And there's even members of the church, people that are members of the body of Christ, that would rather hear something else as opposed to the truth of God's Word because God's Word sometimes makes us uncomfortable. And we're uncomfortable because we're not living as we should. And we know it. But Jesus said, "...ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." In John chapter 8 and verse 32. And Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 6 that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus is saying, you want the truth? You need to listen to me. You need to listen to what I'm saying. You need to listen to those that I'm telling what to say. You need to listen to them. The writers of the New Testament were writers because they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. I'm not inspired. And so you need to check to make sure that what I'm saying is true. And that's why we have the Bible. Look at what I'm teaching tonight. Line it up with the Bible and see if what I'm saying. And not only tonight, I want you to do that every time that you hear me preach. Look at the Bible and make sure that what I'm saying is the truth. Because the truth is the only thing that can save us. When the rich man opened his eyes... He realized the importance 
of sharing the Gospel with someone else. He said, send Lazarus to my brothers. In other words, I don't want them to come to this place. I don't want them to be here. Brethren, that's a lesson for us. People that are lost, people that have already been launched into eternity, if they're in a lost condition, they don't want to see you. I don't care what family member it is. They don't want to see you. They don't want you to come where they're at. They want you to heed the message. They want you to heed what the truth is of God's Word. And that is that we need to be obedient to our Lord. Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto Me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of My Father which is in heaven. And so it's important that we do our Father's will if we want heaven as our home. We need to share that Gospel message with others. You see, misery does not love company. So don't sacrifice what you know to do that is right to please someone else because you don't want to go where they're going if they're not faithful to God. When the rich man opened his eyes, he saw that 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 was very true. That vengeance is inflicted on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. He realized that that was very true because he had not obeyed his Lord. Mark 16, 15-16, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned or damned. That gospel needs to be preached to everyone. That gospel message is the power of God unto salvation, as Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 tells us. For it says, therefore, as Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You say, preacher, I got friends, I got family. They're not. They don't believe what the Bible says. They don't believe what you're teaching. They don't believe what I I believe. What I want to encourage you to do is do your best to show them what the Bible says so that they can see what's right. Because you don't want them to go to where this rich man's at. And the time to work on that is now. Not after they're gone. Do it now. Then you can have the comfort of knowing that you warned them that you showed them what the Bible taught. And it was their decision to reject it or to accept it. When the rich man opened his eyes, he saw the importance of prayer. And he said, have mercy on me. Dip the tip of your finger in water and cool my tongue. That was a very sincere prayer. 
as I was sitting over there, I was thinking, you know, as warm as it is in here, maybe that's a good thing. But then I thought, we're all probably sweating. So that would be moisture still in this room. That rich man, he just wanted a drop of water. The way I'm sweating up here right now, I could get a drop of something. That won't be there if we're in that lost place. That prayer that he prayed wasn't out of habit. It wasn't out of duty. It wasn't because of some tradition. It was a sincere prayer. He wanted comfort. Brethren, when we pray to God, our prayers need to be sincere. Not just because it's duty or we've always done it, but we need to realize who we're talking to. We're talking to our Heavenly Father. When the rich man opened his eyes, he saw the weakness of excuses. It would have been easy for him to say about all those fine linens and that sumptuous living, I needed that. A lot of things we say we need, we don't really need. A lot of the excuses that we give are exactly that, excuses. We need to be honest with ourselves and eliminate the excuses. I think when you read in Revelation chapter 3 about the church at Laodicea, the Lord would rather you say, I don't want to do that, as opposed to coming up with an excuse of why you can't do that. He wants us hot or cold. He doesn't want us in the middle. He doesn't want you in the middle. He wants you to be on fire for the cause of Christ, but if you're not on fire, He'd rather you be cold. Why? Because those are the choices that we have. It's like those two roads. One's straight and narrow, one's broad. And it leads to destruction, the other leads to life. Those are the only choices that we have. Many times we say, oh, we just don't have time to do that. We don't have time to read the Bible. We don't have time to help somebody. We don't have time to pray. We don't have time to do this. We don't have time to do that. Excuses. We need to get our priorities in the right place because when He lifted up His eyes, He realized that His excuses were just that. The rich man, when he opened his eyes, the biggest thing that he saw, the biggest thing that he had to deal with was that it was too late. Too late to change. And oh, how very sad that situation would be. Russ was telling me this morning about someone who was saying, had a commercial on television that said they weren't afraid to go to hell. They weren't afraid to, to burn. Because they really didn't believe in that place. Brother, maybe that's the attitude that a lot of people have. But I believe that hell is a real place. And we need to understand we don't want to go there. 
And we're not going to go to heaven just because we're dreaming about it or thinking about it. We've got to do what our Lord tells us to do. Remember what Jesus said. I've already quoted that passage of Scripture. Matthew 7, verse 21, Not everyone that saith unto Me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of My Father which is in heaven. How sad it is for the rich man. Because he realized all of these things, but it was too late. And it's not too late for you. You can make changes tonight in your life if you need to. If you're not a Christian, you can become a child of God tonight. You can be buried with our Lord in baptism and have your sins washed away by His precious blood. You can rise up out of that water to live a faithful life in service to Him. Maybe you are a Christian. It's not too late for you if you've gotten off the track. You need to get back on. Rededicate your life to Him. Realizing that heaven is a place that we can go to. We can go to that place where Lazarus went. We don't want to go where the rich man went. But that's up to us. It's up to you. And it's up to me. So tonight, if you need to respond to the invitation, you can come and have a seat up here on the front row. You have that opportunity while we stand inside.